Welcome to Trinity Radio. I am Braxton Hunter, and along with me today, as always, is not that, not that, not that. Wow. There, there he is. Hi. Production value Has is declined. what we're known for. <laughs> yes, right. But uh, here we are today, and we're going to talk about a subject that Jonathan picked out for us. It has to do with aliens. It has to do with the truth of the supernatural, or whatever term Jonathan would prefer in place of supernatural. And we're going to talk about that uh, right now. So, Jonathan, what made you pick this? Well, a lot of people. I mean, there was that incident in Miami where people were swearing up and down all over Twitter. They saw eight to 10 foot monsters running around that were kind of ethereal. It seems yeah. like aliens and uh, angels and demons and all of that is just in the air everywhere I look these days. But before we get to that, yes. we've got some news. We do. Yeah. We've well, got why don't you uh, two, let everyone know two announcements? The first and by far the f uh, most important is the fact that on January 26th, Clayton Graham was born. Clayton Graham Siler, my grandson, my first grandson, praise the Lord, has entered the world, and I am now a grandpa. May your grandchildren rise up and call you blessed. Uh, and, and the world is a better place for it. And by the way, I need to also say that now that I'm a grandparent, see, I've had to raise my kids in a world with YouTube and TikTok mm -hmm. and, and, and the internet, and now my grandson is entering the world. And so now I am the YouTube police. I, I'm not here for debate anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. You're trying to stop. What? It's time to just stop nonsense and yeah. call it out wherever you see it. And try, it's time to just shut down ridiculous stuff so that my grandson, who has to live in this world with the rest of us, uh, can have a wonderful, peaceful. Well, that's true. Life. But you, you do yeah. realize you just said it's time to just uh, put the hammer down on ridiculous stuff. Well, yeah. we're talking about Tucker Carlson and aliens. So you got your work cut out for you. Well, here's the thing, though. Because Christianity is true, I don't have to find this stuff ridiculous. Honestly, Atheist is cheering for you, and so is Brando, and Mr. Green wants to give you a BLT. Praise I would love Lord. that. Yeah, uh, me too. We don't, not for religious reasons, we just don't eat a lot of pork in our house. And so... Um, and Jonathan will know, make sure that you I, I, I like get uh, this uh, $20 super chat from Channel Angel, Jim Amber. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, I, thanks, I'm, everyone. It has yeah. been a while. We've been away. Well, there's another announcement. Uh, uh, but, well, I was going to segue into that. Okay. Go ahead. No, but, you go ahead. Okay. So, while children are being birthed into the Pritchett family, there are new and shows And the Bertuzzi also. family, right? Yep. Yeah. There's also a show being birthed into this room <laughs> and into this online space because on Thursday night, Jonathan, tell them what's going to happen. On Thursday night, starting at, I think, 6.30 on this channel, we are going to have the Biblical Rogues Gallery. And we're going to have a rogues gallery of some of your favorite YouTubers joining us to discuss uh, in the beginning a few items that we have on our mind. And then we are going to do a deep dive into the Book of Romans and... This uh, Thursday, we'll be introducing the Book of Romans, and believe me, we're probably not even going to get to verse 1 because there is so much to talk about just to introduce the book. We're going to go over all the things there is to know about Paul, all the things there is to know about Rome, the audience there, the church, the date it was written, uh, the sociocultural information, historical yeah, yeah, yeah. information, all, all of that, that stuff is going to be unpacked. You're going to have then, several dorks around the table who know what they're talking about and right. stuff, and then me. Right. And uh, so it'll be fun. And 
we're going to go through the entire book of Romans on Thursday nights and then also talk about whatever else we want to talk about. So be there for the biblical. The first time we're going to do the, the setup, and then the next time we do it, we're going to do the whole book of Romans. So that'll be a long podcast. Uh, yeah, right, no. So let's <laughs> jump might. into this with uh, Jonathan. Tell us why we're talking about aliens and what Tucker Carlson, why this, why did you pick this? What's well, going I, I, I kind of want, it's the, it's an election year. So I, I start paying more attention to like the punditry and all of that. And so I was watching this thing uh, on YouTube. I, I think it was like a Tim Pool, uh, Tim Cast thing where they were doing it at a Republican event or whatever. And I, I saw him and Tucker and a couple of other people sitting around and this subject came up and I was like, well, there it is again. And so they were saying some things that I found interesting. Well, especially because Josh Klein yeah. here says, I was just asked to speak about the Bible and aliens at the college group at our church. So it's definitely in vogue. Yeah, I mean, it's just everywhere. So I figured, well, we'll take these clips because they said some interesting things. And there was a discussion between some other, uh, I think, more conservative pundits on various uh, other, I think the Daily Wire people were talking about. So I just, I've seen it. And yeah. so. Um, well, why don't we jump into a yeah. clip and just see what was said. So uh, let's see, we'll go to clip one. How about that? Kurt, you made some very interesting comments recently that has been uh, going viral all over social media when you were specifically talking about um, UFOs. And you, you were specifically talking uh, about something that is hard to kind of really understand here. I was wondering, what's your kind of take on all of this? Because I, I see this as a spiritual war. Do you see this as a spiritual war? What, what are your kind of core belief systems when it comes to uh, addressing the larger evils of the system? Well, I, you know, as I so often do, I spoke incompletely. I didn't fully explain myself um, in the clip that you're referring to, which like eight people have sent me, uh, in outrage that I basically said there are things that I know that I won't say, which of course is not exactly right. I don't know. I mean, I can't prove it. And I really do try to like say things that I really believe are true and are provably so. Um, and so that's kind of my hesitance. If I had facts, I would, I would say them. It's my personal belief based on a fair amount of evidence that they're not aliens. They've always been here. Um, and, I, and I do think it's spiritual. That's, that's my view. So and wh why did this catch your interest and what do you want to say about it? Well, I think it's interesting because uh, just to preface this, I have no problem with so, you know, this the idea that, that there, there might are, be aliens. There are aliens it doesn't out affect there your worldview or mine. We would think it was cool, if anything, or maybe be a little afraid. It's like weird because whenever we talk about these kind of things, Jonathan, I'm always thinking to myself, I hope it's true. Like the, the 11 year old in me wants it to be true. But then the grown man in me goes, Braxton, if it is true, there are several really important questions that follow that might not be pleasant. But go ahead. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think back. I mean, for, for uh, somebody here, I think, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was Mr. Green. <laughs> he said, "Whoop, there it is." And I'm like, "Wow, you just we that we caught that reference. You dated yourself and dated us too." But like some of y'all may remember when the Independence Day movie came out in 1990. I'm old enough to remember when V came out on NBC back yeah. in the 80s, right? Oh, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. Okay, that's how old but I am. I remember I, Independence Day. Independence. They ripped off V, um, except the humans had like lizard. Independence stuff. Day comes up too much right. on this podcast. Yeah, I know, but still. <laughs> Uh, so the idea that like ships could just appear in the sky has always been super scary to me because we've seen that movie, mm -hmm. uh, and if you're old enough, you've seen it several times. But that wouldn't that wouldn't shake my faith at all. But neither does the possibility that they're right that what some people will think are UFOs or alien beings or whatever are in fact angels and or demons and 
probably in well and you might wonder life. why but we're gonna look at a couple more clips from tucker and i was a little bit crestfallen when i looked at the clips that jonathan gave me because tucker doesn't provide this fair amount of evidence quote unquote but uh i'm gonna roll in hugh ross i just saw that jim amberg mentioned hugh ross who is an astrophysicist and who has also uh uh processed reports about alien crash sites for Caltech University when he was there and says that he was the guy everyone talked to about aliens when uh, he was at each university that he was at. So we're going to talk about why he thinks it counts for the supernatural and not the natural in just a few moments. Did I um, did I steal your thunder about anything with that? No, it's just so, so you are. But just to be clear, you are. I'm agnostic. You're agnostic on all of it. You're not agnostic on angels and demons exist. No, no, no. Angels yeah. and demons exist. That's right. that's system dependent to the Christian faith. Right. But uh, are are people really experiencing what we would think of as UFO phenomenon of some sort? Um, I think there's a lot of evidence on the table, and I'm not so quick to dismiss that. Yeah. Now, what is the nature of that? Completely agnostic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. You ready to go to the second clip? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Number two. Absolutely. Well, the, the military has been working in this realm for a very long time. They have been also trying to, to, to weaponize it. There's also a lot of crazy experiments that they did with DMT, hooking people up essentially to, to DMT IVs, having people go off into the spiritual realm. So they're, 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 if, you're, if you're not paying attention, you don't understand that there's a larger kind of energetic uh, frequency and battle happening. But, 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 but can I say one thing? If the U.S. government has, in fact, had contact, direct contact with these beings, whatever they are, I've already told you what I think they are, and has entered into some sort of agreement with them, which is, which is the claim of, of informed people, um, I would say, whether they're right or wrong, I can't say conclusively. But, but, yeah. but, but, but if that is true, I mean, it's a very, very, very heavy thing. Yeah. Are you, well, a lot of people say well, interdimensional beings. Right, I, I want to ask, are, you, are you angels and demons, or how would you well, describe these, these beings? You know, I, these are, again, I'm getting into the realm of conjecture, so I just want to say that flat out. Entity. But one thing I know for a dead certain fact, having seen it, is that um, there is good and evil that we are being acted upon at all times. And I think every person can feel that in himself. I mean, there are moments when you are moved to do things that are much better than you actually are, and that are also more evil and destructive than you actually are. You are subject to forces from outside yourself. That is absolutely true. Now, we can argue about what they are, but every person in the room, if he's reflective, will tell you, yes, I know what you're talking about. And so there are forces that are not human, that do exist in a spiritual realm of some kind, that we cannot see, and that when you think about it, sort of make you think we live in an ant farm. Yeah. <laughs> being, yeah. Right? And that's Absolutely. just, that is real. Yeah. Okay. When I, and, and there's, that's that also, is real, Jonathan. Yeah. It's also scary to think about. Now, the first I say part, he didn't provide any evidence, yeah. but he, he's considering that to be his evidence, part of it anyway, is the notion that something is happening and it's kind of a screw tape letters sort of thing. Yeah. It's almost as though the demonic is whispering in your ear or something. Is that kind of what you took away from it? The, yeah, the second part. The first part of it is the idea that, yeah, we've come into contact with these beings and the military is making deals oh, with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that requires some Bible bro down, Billy and Matt, tinfoil hat <laughs> type of stuff that, you know, I, I don't really, I can't speak to that, but that would be like super crazy and weird and scary yeah. if, 
if, if that, the government was talking to demons, yeah, <laughs> just hanging <laughs> out with demons every now and like, then, like not not the way that we already think. Sometimes that, that might happen. Yeah, I mean, you read Childhood <laughs> End, though, right? Where the where the yes. aliens showed up and they looked it was a like good Satan. recommendation. Yeah, uh, well, C.S. Lewis even liked it, but I mean, it's like mm-hmm. is it's that kind of thing, and it's like okay, so is the world going to evaporate? Uh, is that the deal that they made that we're all going to get sucked into this life force type thing? So you know that that part scares me. The other part, the more reasonable part of, mm-hmm. of that i think or the less conspiratorial part of mm-hmm. it absolutely like i people debate whether or not christians can be possessed right 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 but i don't think anyone except for the most diehard full preterist the demons packed up and left in 70 ad or at the cross or whatever and satan's chained and can can do nothing to us or whatever i i'm not in that camp so the idea that 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 spiritual beings, um, angels and demons can act upon even the Christian. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. I think, I think in my experience, I, I, I think that temptation, yes, uh, James talks about it can come from within your own desires, mm-hmm. but I also think that we are being acted upon. I mean, the, 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 the first century Christian, you know, the, the Christians in Jesus's day, seeing Jesus cast out demons, right? Um, they had a full worldview of the non-visible realm, the spiritual warfare that took place. You know, uh, we don't wage war against flesh and blood, even, you know, all of that dialogue, the powers and principalities and the heavenly place, all of that is built in. It's baked into the cultural milieu of this New Testament we're, we're, we're reading. And we think that if um, it's not talking about demons or angels on the page, that they don't factor all that into what they're hearing, right? right? They How do. they process things, because yeah. they, they very much do, um, especially when you when you view sin in the world and you're like, well, we know that, that demons are running around doing stuff, and we know that angels are running around doing stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. the Second Temple literature, one of my favorite stories. You know, in Hebrews, they talk about, you know, you never know when you're entertaining angels. Well, uh, Tobias didn't know that he was entertaining Raphael and Tobit, right? So, I mean, so... Not only, not only are they invisible, but they can take physical form, too, yes. th- so that they b- can be visible, and you may not even know it. So all of those things are baked into my worldview, but, but because people, I want to have the same worldview that Jesus but had. But people still don't know exactly yeah. why uh, we might think this way, or Tucker might think this way specifically, and we're going to get to that in a few moments. But what he is offering us here is something that does resonate with a lot of people, these impulses um, like that. And I could explore that more, like... I, like, th- like I think he's saying there, there are moments, what did he say? There are moments where you find an impulse to do something evil that you would never do. Did he say that? Is that what he's talking about? You think, uh, like an impulse to do some wicked act that would be totally unlike you otherwise. Well, that, that, Uh, because I can think of moments where like, where like, I remember hearing about a guy talk about holding a newborn baby and like, uh, and standing on a porch and, and there was like this impulse. He loves this baby more than life itself. And yet, he had this impulse to like drop the baby or something. It's like this weird, like out of nowhere. Is that what he's talking about? Or is he talking about temptation to sin just in general? Right. Well, like or, I said, I think that that temptation from sin, yes. You know, like I referred to James, you know, where does sin come? From? Well, it can come from your evil desires, but those can be acted upon or, or, you know, stirred up from without as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's temptation from within and from without. So, yeah, I I don't. Well, think... the next the next clip actually I think sheds some more light on this. So why don't we yeah. go ahead and clip that, click that in case you have something else because um, because they talk about some of that influence a little bit. 
Many artists also talking about how uh, essentially what they do and their greatest works of art is usually done through channeling. Of course. And, so, and, and, and th there is a, an aspect of this. Not freedom chains, by the way. Th <laughs> yeah, but definitely <laughs> not that good. Well, we haven't it's made not that good yet. Yeah. Um, every, by the way, every artist will tell you that. Exactly. Every artist. That, that something happened that they're, they're, they're not themselves, that they just were, were doing their art and then something just Transcend. went. No, but, and it's up. not just visual arts. It's, no. it's every creative act brings you closer to something outside the human realm and you can feel it, whether it's woodworking or writing or painting a painting or writing an opera or writing a rap song or whatever. Anything yeah. that is true and beautiful or anything that is dark and destructive is almost certainly a product of forces acting upon you, and you can feel it. God I created that. us to participate in creation with him, to yeah. participate in his creativity and make things. That's right. And since everyone here is cool, I'll say this. Um, with respect to demons and spiritual forces, there's a, a priest who was laicized towards the end of his career. He's relatively controversial, but he was an exorcist by the name of Malachi Martin. And one thing he said about exorcism cases is that in films, you see all of these over-the-top portrayals of heads spinning and, and vomiting. And he said when it comes to things like vomiting and all of these, these uh, supernatural visual indicators of possession, that those are the cases that are the most mild because the soul's trying to fight back. And with forms of perfect possession, the most dangerous forms of possession, you can't tell when you look at the person. Because yeah, th th they're perfectly content with the evil thing they're doing. And then you look at the way people in D.C. act, you look at the way our political leaders act, and you go, is it that much of a strategy? to it's, say some it, of these people, uh, and this is not some really crazy outside of belief. Jesus performs exorcisms in the Bible. Like, this is not something that... Yeah, so, okay, first things first, in order that they spoke, what I wanted to hit on that I thought was related to what we were already discussing yeah. is the notion, Jonathan, that artists kind of seem to notice some creativity coming from somewhere. Like, the, the, I think what he was referring to is like when I tried to write fiction, and I have some books of fiction, it felt almost like, and I didn't take this to be the reality or anything, but it felt almost like you were discovering the story as you were writing it. Like yeah. it was like, it was just coming to you, you know? And so I kind of resonate with that if that's what's being referred to. And I can imagine musicians and painters feeling the same way. Well, I, I've, you know, back in my band, garage band, you know, touring and stuff, we would write songs and stuff. You, you do get a little sense of, in that creative process, I, I, I'm more inclined to what he, the, the, and that guy was, did a lot of the talking with, was, is a Catholic. I think the rest are Protestant, but, mm -hmm. um, he, he was talking about, um, you know, participating into the, the creative process, part of our Imago Day kind of thing. And I've had that sense more than I've had just like, cause you can get inspiration from things in the world right mm -hmm. and so you, you're inspired by others who've come before you you're inspired by any sort of muse you may have or whatever so i, I don't know There's something inspired this is like a reverse of the uh, this uh, like the demon thing like everything there's a demon what is the pigs in the parlor thing where every imaginable illness or you stub your toe it's a demon this is like the other way any creatively good thought you have it's always an angel or something is that what's going right on? yeah and i don't i don't know that 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 would be the case i mean you know i have a lot of pentecostals and charismatics and assembly of god in uh, my mother's side of the family and uh, while they're probably not that crazy, th there's there are people in their churches that I, I've discussed that, you know, like you say, every step toe, they're casting demons out of right. flat tires and right. everything else. I mean, you know, so you can go. But way, on to the second question that they, they raise, which yeah. is the issue, Jonathan, of 
could a person be so possessed and so okay with it because they've just allowed themselves to be golemed away, I guess, that they now seem to be a perfectly well-adjusted person just completely walking around uh, happy to be under the control of the demonic or something. Yeah, I mean, you can think of Judas. I mean, the Bible says that Satan entered him, you know. So, I mean, Satan himself. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, I would think that I don't know a whole lot about, I mean... The only person I've ever met that's performed an exorcism would be Steve Gregg, because he has talked about that. Um, but I, I've met people who've said they've encountered demon-possessed people on mission fields. Yeah. Right? But they didn't do any sort of exorcism, but they just thought there was something that was so wrong uh-huh. with this person that that's what they attributed it to. Now, I don't, like I said, I wasn't there. I don't know. So I don't, I can't attest that to that, but it seemed like even being possessed with Satan, that, that Judas was able to function normally, you know, or, mm-hmm. and so, but he was still disturbed with what, what all, he was, I mean, it, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that that's possible. I just can't speak to that because my, my personal experience with hearing stories is that, I mean, they, they thought that the, the more exorcist style thing was the norm and they never mentioned that this would be the type of person who would be fighting it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the, the person they encountered on the mission field they thought was demon possessed was not a Christian anyway. So uh, whether or not you believe Christians could be possessed, and I, I'm inclined. No, you can't. I mean, a demon's not going to take a residency where the Holy Spirit is. But I, I let the other people that know way more about this make those things. But from, from, from what I know, I, I think that it could be true that they, they reach a level of comfort with their company inside them, you know. Um, and again, while people, uh, I Legion seemed to just have a conversation, but that guy was obviously demon possessed as well. Well, and and as people might find themselves rolling their eyes at this, I think it's interesting when even Christians sometimes have a hard time with this demonic stuff where they're happy to talk about Jesus, but the demonic stuff is part of it. It's in scripture. It's a system dependent belief as JP Moreland put it. And there actually is some stuff out there that, that could be, that you could take a look at. There's a book here. Demonic Foes by Richard Gallagher, and this is a psychologist or psychiatrist investigating possession, diabolic attacks, and the paranormal. And uh, I listened to this book um, with the electronic voice reading it to me. And this guy holds some prestigious chair, but he is uh, a guy that looked into a lot of these stories. And so it, there's something to it. There's some evidential stuff as far as that goes, just for demons in general. But when it comes back to the question of aliens and demons, um, why don't we move on now to hear what Hugh Ross had to say? Yeah, well, before we do that, I, I did just want to say that um, I, I don't know what your experience has been. Mm-hmm. But to my knowledge, I just want to say that I have no firsthand experience that I wouldn't know if I had encountered angels or demons. Right? I, um, but I, I can say I have, I have encountered a darkness yeah. that could have been that, yeah. where I just felt... Well, the evil. I, yeah, because Jonathan, like I was just talking to Caleb Jackson, who some of you may know, yeah. uh, he was here yesterday, even in this room or recently. And we're, and we're going to talk about that. But we were talking about this, like when I went to Bourbon Street in New Orleans, yeah. Christians had told me when you walk down the street, you're going to feel this presence, just this darkness like you've never felt. It, it, it's like Satan is just roaming the streets there. Well, I went down there and I didn't I mean, I saw a lot of sin happening, but I didn't feel any darkness. And I thought maybe there's something wrong with my spiritual life that I don't feel. But. In a, in a place called Winchester, Tennessee, and I'm sorry if you're from Winchester, Tennessee, but I was there on one occasion and had that overwhelming darkness in the hotel room to the point that there was nothing wrong in my life, 
uh, no, no reason for serious depression or anything. But I mean, I was like messed up so much that I called my wife and had her come stay with me. She wasn't with me on that trip. And I felt that on a number of occasions that to my mind makes some sense out of that. My father told me, he's like, you never know. Could be that there was some kid there in that town that was going to hear you preach. That's going to be the next Billy Graham or something. Yeah, I mean, some some of it you can just chalk up to bad vibes, right? But some mm-hmm. sometimes I really have felt a darkness. And I think in a prior episode you recounted some spiritual warfare that you you had encountered before you went to preach one night. Do what now? I'm sorry. I think this wasn't just something you told me in private. Something that you told on a previous episode that you were going to preach one night and you and you felt like you were having some I had an experience that's on a blog post that I don't know if it's still out there uh, where I was about to speak and I began to have um, uh, what some would think of as anxiety attack or a panic attack but this was so debilitating I was afraid I was afraid I was going to pass out again people know that that's a thing that can happen with yeah uh, these things but all the way through the message like every next word that was going to come out of my mouth I was I was thinking I'm, I would open my mouth several times to say yeah. I'm, I can't continue. And, and I kept doing that. And one of the deacons in, in the church became a Christian that week. And a whole bunch of people also did that night. And um, so that was, is that sound like what you're talking yeah, about? And, yeah. And uh, of course, when you talk about anxiety, you know, that, that seems to, you know, people there are like, well, that could have a diagram overlap. Yeah. But, well, I mean, you know, but if you had had very little experience speaking in public, I could see how that you could chalk that up. But I mean, you've been doing it would this have been for, 20 years already. Right. So, so it's like for me, though, I, I don't know that I could attribute it to demons when I feel that just darkness and that evil presence or if it's just bad vibes you get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Josh be. here says it could be that there are also different types of demon possession uh, different for different reasons. That seems to be the case in Scripture. Um, but now I, I want to, uh, we're going to go to Hugh, Hugh Ross, but what I want us to do is we're going to look at that and see his case for why these things exist and are supernatural. And again, it's not in the clip, but Hugh Ross processed, um, uh, 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 UFO alleged crash sites for Caltech when he was there. And you can look into that more. He's got a book, um, called lights in the sky, I think. And, and you can check that out. So now let's go see what Hugh Ross has to say. Millions of people claim to have had encounters with UFOs. And the vast majority you can explain as simply natural phenomena or human activity or a hoax. But there's a 1% residual that actually you can show is real, but not physical. Now, I had Carl Sagan as a professor briefly and I was at the University of Toronto. And he denied UFOs totally. That's because his worldview did not permit the existence of non-physical reality. As a Christian, I realized God created two different species of intelligent beings. Humans that are physical and real, mm-hmm. and angels yeah. that are real but not physical. And when you examine this 1% residual of the UFO sightings, you see that they consistently violate the laws of physics, but nevertheless, you can prove they're real. For example, there are literally hundreds of places where UFOs are crashed into the ground. You go to the site, the ground is depressed, vegetation is damaged, snow is melted if there's snow that's there. Uh, Obviously, something real happened there, but there's no debris, there's no artifacts. And when the UFOs observe coming through the atmosphere, 
let's say 18 to 25,000 miles per hour, no sonic boom, no heat friction. If it was a physical object, you would get a sonic boom and heat friction, and there'd be debris at the crash site. So we're dealing with something that obviously is real, but it's not physical. Okay, so that's the first thing. Pretty weird. This is <laughs> pretty weird. Yeah, it's yeah I mean, evidential. Hugh Ross is a is astrophysicist, you yeah. know, highly decorated scholar. Right, right, right. Um, he has some opinions that I don't necessarily agree with mm-hmm. uh, related to how to exegete Genesis. But when it comes to what he's talking about, he knows far more about that. He's, he's not some guy howling at the moon about this. He's like... Here's a thing. <laughs> this is curious. It's- and he said at the at every university he was at, uh, he was the guy that they sent all the UFO people to talk to. And also, real quick, as we're going into talking about this, thank you, uh, A.E. Numa, for this super chat. Says, Matt Dillon, he came up with a positive argument against God based on the Raven Paradox. All gods are fictional. All non-fictional things are not gods. Well, I feel like I should just drop the YouTube channel and walk away from Christianity right now. Uh, but you know, but that's the, that's the, that's the thing. That's that's one of the things that that you know, um, people will come up with arguments, and then people will come up with rebuttals and all of this kind of stuff. Um, one thing that I will credit Dillahunty for, though, I think he's pointed this out, mm-hmm. where he talks about he doesn't know what kind of evidence it would take. Mm-hmm. But when you have, exp- but a God would know. But a God would know. Fine. Um, the flip side of that, and I think he, he would think that this is fair, mm-hmm. that for committed Christians who have a deep relationship with God, a deep relationship with Christ, a deep fellowship in their church and all that, I, I don't get rattled by, oh, there's a new argument. You know, people actually shouldn't get rattled by by anything. And I think it should take uh, a lot more to convince a Christian to, to leave Christianity than it takes a non-Christian to enter into Christianity mm-hmm. Because I, I, we obviously are in, you know, in that apologetic space or whatever, and we obviously think that the the evidence base is compelling enough, but that evidence is piled on top of experience and relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not just. Well, here's your arguments, here's my arguments, here's my rebuttals to your arguments. Those are your rebuttals to my arguments. Because, like in a marriage, for example, mm-hmm. um, I'm sh- as hard as you may. Find this believe. I, I am certain there are, there is a more attractive man out there than me, right? It'd be hard to find. Not hard to imagine that he, he makes more money. Maybe but, Brad Pitt in his prime. Yeah, uh, a few people more attractive than me. But I, because of the relationship and investment that, and my wife might say, "Well, there's pretty girls or whatever," uh, but there's not. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. Um, my grandson's better looking than me. But when you have that relationship and investment. And you have a solid marriage. You don't sit around worrying about, oh, she might or she might think he might leave me for someone else, right? Because we have so much. I mean, I'm the happiest married man I know. And so when you have that relationship there, it's the same thing with your relationship and your walk with Christ and, and, and your relationship with God. It's that you have that invested in it to where it's that experiential aspect of it. You know, you could give me all the arguments in the world that my wife could do something to harm me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I walk away from my wife. Right. Right. And and I think the faith is the same way. So I think that that it's not that uh, people are easily duped into the faith and they're, you know, because atheists seem to think that 
well, if they just read their Bible, they'll end Christianity. Well, no, they read their Bible. They, they, they know. They're not hearing anything new. So I, I want to just encourage Christians that, you know, it's okay that you, that you, you just are not even the slightest bit rattled at uh, all the things that you hear on TikTok. Well, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. All right. So back on the clip that we just saw. So the idea is that this one reason to think this is supernatural, uh, that it is happening and that it's supernatural is you have these crash sites and you see the impact uh, effects, but you don't see any debris. Now, Mary asks an interesting question. Well, how does the UFO make an impression where it crashes if it's not physical? It breaks some laws of physics, but not others. Now, I can't speak for Hugh on this, but my initial thought would be, well, we're already in an area where we're taking we're taking the possibility of these angelic type figures as being real. And if that's a part of the explanatory hypothesis, scripturally, as you said earlier, Jonathan, um, angels and perhaps demons can manifest physically. Yeah. For example, when um, uh, when you have the three talking to Abraham there just before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they're eating fish or something like that. Yeah. So, so this is uh, so perhaps it is the case that the crash is is impactful because it's material. But then there's some sort of um, it, yeah, and it reminds me of a debate dematerialization. It reminds me of a debate that William Lane Craig was having with uh, I think it was John Dominic Crossan about the resurrection or whatever. And I mean, he admitted that this was kind of speculative or whatever, but you know, he was speaking in terms of dimension. So wherever Jesus is now. You know, because Jesus would, he would appear to people or whatever. So you have spatial or ex extension. He says, yeah, it says it's possible that in, in in that you know in one dimension they are um, incorporeal, mm -hmm. but yet when they want to interact with this one, they can become corporeal. And, and then, this is why and then Jonathan, back. that the that you heard Hugh Ross say, or if he hasn't yet, that the notion of this uh, like inter uh, interdimensional or whatever, which I know oh. means I'm going to get a community note thing on the YouTube, <laughs> but, uh, that, that sort of thing, uh, it could be, it could be that you have that as, as a hypothesis, or it could be the demonic, the angelic, because that also would make sense of that with data. That's not ad hoc, but that we already came to the table with from scripture. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, I, I leave open the possibility that there is an explanation that could be perfectly natural. Of course, because that, we don't we, need this to be true. Like right. the, half the audience probably thought we wouldn't want this to be true because it might be harmful to our faith. So like we don't real we really don't care in, evidentially in that regard. Like it doesn't affect our worldview in a way that we see as negative. Uh, but I mean, that's why people need to go back and read the space trilogy. I mean, Christians have been thinking. Yeah, about this and I've for got a, a question. Time. We'll just go yeah. ahead and hit that super chat right now. Um, uh, no, not a super chat. Uh, let's see favorites. Let's see. Um, here we go. Uh, let's see. Remember, uh, I think it's been so long before you do that. Remember, if you want to speak to us, put question. Yeah, if you can. If you can remember. So honestly, Atheist says, so let's get into it. Would aliens have their own Savior? Would the Savior have the same body? Can there be multiple physical instantiations of the person of Christ? Did they have an alternative Adam? And then added on to that question, is it necessary that all mortal races experience a fall? Could the alien Eve have resisted the fall? What role would the person of Christ play in that? So now, before we answer that, Jonathan, because we have answered that many times on the show, but a long time ago, um, I would say that uh, actually, I know this is fiction, but you just referenced the Space Trilogy yeah. by C.S. Lewis, the best gift you ever gave me. Um, <laughs> and in, in that book series, the whole idea, spoiler alert, is that 
there are of the plant of the planets uh, or of some of the planets in our solar system. They each had an angel kind of in charge of that planet and they don't call them angels. Um, but they, they have these angel figures. This is Lewis's conception in, yes. in his space trilogy. And, uh, the, and ours at the fall, uh, Satan was the one over our planet. And when the fall happened, earth went radio silent. <laughs> the, uh, the, the angel there, Satan stopped communicating with others. And so Lewis's character ransom travels to some of the, at least one of these other planets in the first one. And he finds out there's other stuff going on there and there's other, it all, it explores all of these questions that way. Yeah. And in the second one, my favorite Paralandra, this is, it's That's at, everyone's favorite. It's at the creation or it's at the, um, the, the, it's just before the fall would happen. And you have this green lady. It's totally trippy. Like, like old school, retro futurism, sci-fi stuff. Yeah. And, um, and you, and you have this Adam and Eve figure and you have a Satan figure who is trying to tempt Eve uh, to fall. And so there's a whole discussion about that, which means the bottom line answer for me on most of those questions is, I don't know. Well, I don't know, but I, I'm fine to get into it and speculate. Um, <laughs> Jeff Anthony, an employee here at Trinity who does, um, our, a lot of our tech stuff, he gave, I, I was talking about this in a contemporary apologetics too. And he gave me this cartoon where aliens had arrived. And so obviously an American Christian guy walks up and says, uh, hi, have you heard about Jesus before? And the alien says, yeah, he comes to visit us on a regular basis and, and, and brings us chocolates. Yeah. What did you guys do? Yeah, why? What did you guys do? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, it could be, you can have an either or. Now, uh, just biblically speaking, the biblical worldview of Paul is that 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 the cosmos had fallen, you know, mm. go to Romans 8 mm. and, and grown. And I, I think that we always tend to think, we limit that to human beings or maybe just planet Earth, but... Paul seems to have more of a cosmic you think so? scope. Yeah. And so, um, you know, whether or not, Romans but I know eight. that Jesus bore the human image and he's going to redeem human beings. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't say anything beyond that, but I do think that even if there is, I mean, just the belief in aliens doesn't necessarily mean the belief in intelligent life. I mean, well, okay, but we are assuming anyway. that for this. But if we're, but if we're would assuming... it be Jonathan like saying, okay, there's an island over there where people haven't heard the gospel yet, and there's a planet over there where people, we could say, persons haven't heard the gospel yet? Um, it could be the case. Just as simple as that. Just as simple as that. Could be. Anyway, interesting ideas. But any um, other non-intelligent life wouldn't be represented in Adam. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's where that's where the the tricky part yeah. comes in for people who, who are unless you know. get real creative with the with the head cannon on that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, okay. So thank you, honestly, atheist. And let's get back to that other Hugh Ross clip because that's not all the evidence he's going to give us that these things are not natural, um, at least not entirely natural. So let's keep going. And I'm not the only physicist that's saying this. Uh, I know of a half a dozen other physicists and astronomers who are not believers who draw the same conclusion that I do, that whatever is behind the occult and witchcraft and demonology is also behind this residual of the UFO encounters. There's clear evidence that something real is happening, uh, and there's evidence that it's not physical. They violate the laws of physics, so it's non-physical reality. Jacques Vallée, who is not a believing uh, UFO investigator, says it's interdimensional phenomena. He believes there are beings operating in dimensions beyond the universe. 
which is very compatible with what the Bible says about angels and demons. Yeah. We know these can't be physical craft coming to the earth because uh, they would have to travel so far and uh, if they were to travel at a high velocity, uh, the beings on board would be killed. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're dealing with something that's not subject to these laws of physics. Um, yeah, real quick, I just want to say on that point, so there's another evidential reason to think that it's not natural because <clears throat> how would aliens survive this trip? Yeah, now the nearest suppose the nearest uh, planet that they think is appropriate. He covers this in his book that has a star and all that would take like something like 23,000 years to get here from there. Yeah. And then what are we talking about? How long do these beings live? For them, how long does time pass? Do they have multiple generations on this one trip to come here? For what? For why? You, you know, that that sort of a question, yeah. those sorts of questions. But but so the, the idea is that it can't happen. And in fact, um, Jim Amberg mentioned, I saw in a comment a little while ago that he thought he'd heard Hugh Ross. And here we're talking about Hugh Ross. And he said, maybe Mike Lycona. And the reason he thinks that is because I was present for this debate. But when Mike Lycona debated Matt Dillahunty, um, he brought, uh, Dillahunty asked him the question, I think, thinking that it would throw Mike off. Oh, yeah, well, you, if you believe that kind of evidence, do you believe in aliens? And Lycona was like, actually, I'm completely open to the evidence about yeah. aliens. Yeah, I'm open to it. But I'm not convinced that they could get here. And he went into all of this data, which I thought was interesting. He didn't dismiss it because it was just sounded crazy, uh, like, like, like some kind of extreme skeptic. He said, here's the reasons why I'm unconvinced of that, or I think it's probably Well, unlikely. if you're using the language of interdimensional, right, and you're, mm -hmm. and you're trying to work out, and he's a physicist, so he's trying to work out the physics of it, right, mm -hmm. is, is what I'm guessing. So he would, he would punt probably, of course, he says something at the top of the clip that 1% of these, uh, he, he would definitely categorize is this, but... Mm -hmm. but um, or one that are unexplained or something. Yeah, that, 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 um, so... For him, it, trying to work out the math, mm -hmm. it's he's probably punting over to this. Well, it's interdimensional. I mean, he talks about. Well, now he's not saying it's interdimensional. He's saying that is why this other guy who's not a believer, what he thinks. Yeah. And he's saying, but for my money, it works well with the angel. But idea. Hugh Ross uses interdimensional language in a lot of things. He uses that to why he why he says. He has no problem with Calvinism because of the various different dimensions. That, oh, well, that, that, I, that I, I can't speak to it. Right. Thoughts. So, I mean, he, he uses that language. And like I said earlier, William Lane Craig kind of punts to that, like when you when, when they interact into this dimension. But even going back to just um, we have seen the things of the spiritual realm, if we want to call that mm -hmm. or, or whatever, they affect physical reality. Mm -hmm. So. We know that just dirt alone and spitting in it and rubbing it on eyes does not cure blindness. Mm -hmm. So there was something else occurring there when Jesus was healing a blind man, right? Mm -hmm. So this idea that, well, ships can crash and not leave debris or whatever, we know that there is an intersection of, of the physical world and the spiritual world that... I, we know that it can go one way in its effect. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to know if it goes the other way in its mm -hmm. effect as well. You know, yeah. that, that takes a new level. What are we doing when we're praying? How does that affect? Oh, yeah, around? yeah. You know, that, so. Are you interacting with what others would call an interdimensional type of notion? Yeah, because if, it, if, if from the biblical data, we know that it, it can affect, you know, the spiritual realm can affect the physical world around mm -hmm. us. Um, does it go the other way? Whatever it was that God was doing to make a red sea part, a sea parted. 
Right. Mm-hmm. We we all believe that as Bible. I don't think Christians. you're accidentally parting seas in heaven or anything. Is that what you're? No, I don't think I'm doing that. Okay. But but I'm just saying we know that that which is unseen can affect that which is seen. Yeah. And can it go the other way? Can it go the other Jim way? Jim Amberg says aliens can travel through galaxies and move at speeds unfathomable to us, but once they hit the gravity of one, they crash like texting high school kids. <laughs> um could be that that does that's a that is kind of another problem like how do they get here and then they crash i mean i don't know um okay <laughs> so let's get back to Hugh ross we're almost done here with this and angels fit into that category the other thing that's interesting is the closer the encounter that people have with ufos yeah it's a hundred percent deleterious nobody has a positive experience and which is why i believe it's the fallen angels that are responsible for this phenomena And I think what I write about in the book Mm -hmm. is that you see a correlation between the degree of occult activity in an individual's life and their UFO experiences. And I end the book by saying this is scientifically testable. Close the doors to occult activity. That will be the end of these UFO experiences. The reverse is also true. If you open up these occult things, uh, don't be surprised if you get these kinds of visits. And it's not going to be ple- not going to be pleasant. Um, Jonathan, there is actually also for anyone that's interested, it might surprise you to know this. There is a debate between Tom Jump and Hugh Ross on modern day debates. And so you can go check that out if you want to hear them get into the actual evidence in more detail there. But here we're hearing that actually he's found a correlation between the uh, issues of the occult people doing weird occult stuff and the increase in UFO stuff. And of course there is some place we already know where this kind of touches because you have like weird, um, weird cults like Raelianism where they're like worshiping and all this kind of stuff. And so what do you make out of that? Well, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with uh, Dr. Kevin Lewis on Trinity radio extra on the occult, because you know what he was saying about the correlation there between, um, that you could actually test this. Now, I don't know if he's talking about all UFO activity or if he's talking about the, that particular kind that fits in a bucket that has... Or you could just be saying, in principle, you could test this. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> was he talking about a subset of these UFO I don't think stories so. where where uh, he said at the very top of the clip that you have... Uh, yeah, not, he says a whole 90-something percentile of them, I think, are better explained by either they're confused or it was some government thing or they just didn't see what they thought they saw or it was something else. Right. But then on occasion you have these ones that he thinks are these weird phenomena, more evidential. And so on that, that there would be an increase of that in, in a, in a cult. Now there's a lot of occult in new Orleans, right? There's a Mm -hmm. lot of occult all, all around the world. And we see an increase of occult like behavior, um, just in America, especially among these religious nuns investigating all types of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it's reached the fever pitch of Charmed or The Craft or whatever back in the 90s. You mm-hmm. probably remember all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it seems to me that he's well, onto something that, yes, if we see an increase in this kind of activity, you may see an increase. So it could be the case that that we're, we're seeing that now because a lot more people are talking about it and, and they're thinking in ter- categories of well, angels and demons. And there's and a couple of things to bring out. I can't believe we didn't already discuss this, but for those who are futurists with respect to uh, some of this stuff uh, in Revelation and all, 
Josh Klein says there's a pre-mill pre-trib dispensationalist theory that demons use alien appearances to make the disappearances via the rapture explainable. I don't necessarily, this is the first one I, I ever heard uh, growing up was I heard church people say, well, yeah, because when the rapture happens and everybody's just gone, all these people are just gone. How would you possibly naturalistically explain that? Well, you could maybe aliens. And isn't it surprising that we see all these aliens? So that is an idea that's out there. And so if you're a futurist, maybe, that's something that you can Yeah, I'm explain. not on board with that one. Um, I mean, for various theological reasons about what I think is going to occur at the quote-unquote rapture about yeah. going up and coming right back down, welcoming Jesus into um, his... Yeah, because you think the language there, just for anyone that knows, is like uh, going out, not going into the sky, but going out into the air, like out of the city. Into the, city the air, and all out that. of the city. And, greeting and the, welcoming and greeting... The king or the conquering hero Back or into the... You walk right. in with him, you escort. And Paul makes that vertical instead of horizontal. Okay. So so that's what I think. But, I mean, if you were if you were to go down that, that road, um, it would still, for, for a lot of people who... I mean, for a lot of atheists, perhaps, would probably, who, who have encountered... Who deal with Christians on a regular basis would notice <laughs> that... That if they tried that explanation, they was a yeah, but it's all the Christians that are gone, right? Right. So I mean, you, you'd have a mass conversion of of the most literate atheists of Christianity, right? You know. So, but uh, then you have on the other side, Jed saying that doesn't help explain the Navy pilots who witnessed a UFO flying and going in the ocean. I doubt uh, that all the pilots practiced in the occult. So this is where I'm not sure whether what Hugh Ross is saying is. Hey, you want to know for sure? Go do some occult stuff and you'll get abducted, maybe. No, he's or if he's saying in general in on Earth, yes. if there is more occult stuff, there will be an increase. That's in what I took him to mean. Okay, I think that's probably what he meant. Right. And that, that he confused it to, I think it could have been confusing to hear is because he said, you can go test this or it's testable. Honestly, yeah. Atheist has a question. Did Jesus need the dirt to heal the blind man? Yeah, I was going to go to that one next. Um, no. No, but remember, so Jesus is healing people uh, for a reason. And yeah. one of those things is uh, so that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, right? Yeah. And so having, so it could be, uh, this is speculation, honestly, atheist, and you probably could have thought of this on your own as a possibility. But one possibility could simply be uh, that he used dirt so that no one would think this just happened on its own. There was some mechanism, but it's a mechanism that we know doesn't, produce sight naturally right. could be yeah. something like that but that's a, actually that's a really good question right. i don't mean that's actually a good question like you don't normally ask good questions but so that's kind of where we are jonathan uh tucker carlson thinks there's fairly good evidence for aliens and that they're demons what do yeah, you that, think that other guy thinks that our military is hanging Talking out with, with these demons and making deals with them that's and that does kind, kind of make me think of the tv version of that book you recommended uh childhood's end yeah uh because in the tv version i mean in the book they're they look like the aliens look like these big satan demons. yeah say, like like the cartoon character like with a pitchfork and big horns and red skin yeah. and so this guy thinks those people are talking with biden or some or some <laughs> or whoever yeah. maybe people that help biden yeah <laughs> Yeah, go read child. It's it's a really interesting book. It's a Arthur C. Clarke book. It's a classic. Even C.S. Lewis loved it. But yeah, I mean, I, I I'm totally open to the existence of extraterrestrials as naturally existing on other planets or whatever. I'm totally open to the fact that there's a lot of uh, this stuff can be explained mm -hmm. by the demonic or even the angelic. We don't know. Um, I 
I can't speak to our military doing all kinds of crazy stuff that we don't ever know about, but um, anything's possible. Um, I have a worldview that encompasses, I think Christianity best explains why there would be demonic presence and demonic activity well, that the, could the, be. Of course Christianity yeah. best explains that. So, so, well, I mean, you could have another religion that posits it, but demons and stuff, but... But, no, but it's more than that. It's, it's more than that. If this is what we could say, if Hugh Ross is right, then uh, Christianity has a much better explanation for this phenomenon than naturalism does. But I think that I, I think it's I mean, I'm I can say it's very likely that in all of the encounters of these unidentified flying objects or lights in the sky or are in, interesting um holes in the ground that have no debris for wreckage, you know, blast sites, whatever. Um, demonic activity. Um, I would put the likelihood towards that more so than I would intelligent life traveling. Really? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. I mean, obviously, that's what these guys want me to think. Uh, it just, but I think the likelihood is greater towards seems, that. It just, to me, uh, it just telling our audience where I'm sitting. Well, think, think about the, think, think about we have, we have Christianity being true in the one hand, right? And then yeah. you have, well, there's all of these, you know, the galaxy is enormous. And with all the planets mm -hmm. out there, the, the odds are that there's life out there. Right. Yeah. So you have that argument as well. Well, given that, that speculation, the odds that if there is interplanetary travel among these various life forms out, out in space, why here, as opposed to just having been doing it elsewhere, they've never arrived here. And so, but we do know back to the other side of that Christianity is true. Uh, Ezekiel saw the wheel, whatever that might've been, <laughs> you know, Ezekiel we, saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air. Yeah. We could sing that song, buddy. But, um, so I think given what we know about Christianity being true and about the activity just from the biblical data and then how the ancients thought about these kind of things and, yeah, all through Second Temple, I, I think that the likelihood for me is more on that side of the, uh, the you know, of what well, they are me, as opposed Jonathan, to the, the naturalistic honestly, explanations. Where I'm at is, I, I, that is a very specific explanation. That That is an extremely specific and highly informed explanation for this. Um I agnostic as to what but like do i think it's more likely that it's a if it is like let's just say this stuff is is real and it's as weird as i'm led to believe okay, okay. do i am i more likely to inclined to believe and we're going to assume that government uh, operations like special government oh you're going to grant all of it no we're going to say yeah we're granting we're going to say that the government stuff is not an explanation oh right? okay. For, to my satisfaction let's just say that was because i actually do think that's probably a pretty good explanation for a lot of this stuff Oh, just, the government behind, behind the, go, the government testing stuff, vehicles that 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 we have that the I general don't know. public doesn't know about. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think that that is a good, pretty good explanation for a lot of this stuff. But sure. if that wasn't on the table, and I had to choose somehow between uh, this is demons and this is intelligent life from another planet, uh, just between those, I'm more inclined maybe to think aliens maybe I don't really know. i don't know i need to think about it more but i think so okay i think so does that make me a heathen or something no i'm just 
just telling the truth, man. That's what I think. Well, Jonathan, what would you say to wrap all of this up? It's a weird planet that we live on, that's for sure. Um, but we do know that God is sovereign, that Jesus is Lord, that God sent his son Jesus to die for the sins of humanity. Beyond that, I don't know uh, for any other life forms in the cosmos. I think I just accidentally But I know that he died for you as a human being listening to this podcast. And if you repent and put your trust in him, you will have everlasting life. And then if I peace correct, we'll spend all eternity exploring this cosmos of his and find out. Well, I couldn't have said it any better than that. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. Remember to check us out this coming Thursday. And check out the video from yesterday where I respond to Mind Shift, a new atheist who is tearing up the charts. And with that, we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.